You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with harmony of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening sky. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing Full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun. Let us march on till victory is won.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Transformation Radio. That's right, Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition individuals from merely existing to living a life full of purpose. That's right, full of purpose. If you are listening to me right now, I'm talking to you. I want you to know that there is purpose remaining inside of you. And if you're questioning if I'm talking to you, I want you to do this quick exercise with me. I want you to breathe in, hold it, breathe out. One more time, breathe in, hold it, breathe out. If you were able to do that exercise, that means that there's breath left in your body. Therefore, purpose remains. I want to start by apologizing to our listening audience who were expecting this conversation or this episode of Transformation Radio to be live. I'm not sure exactly what's going on with the Blog Talk Radio platform. This is the second time in less than a month that we've had complications. But one of the things I talk about and I teach and I encourage my uh, clients to understand is that when it comes to life, when it comes to purpose, we have to learn how to be a little more fluid. And we have to be a little more fluid because sometimes things just don't go the way that we desire for them to go. We plan for them to go and we expect for them to go. And it is what our response to those situations that determine our measure, measure of growth and maturity. So, we're recording this. It's not live. You know, I like the live feel. I like the opportunity for each and every one of you to call in. So listen, if you're listening to the conversation and you have questions, I encourage you to text us at 302-648-5544. If it's for me, I will get that answer to you. If it's for my guest, I will get him your, your contact information and make sure that he's able to get you the answer that you desire, okay? Well, maybe not the answer you desire, however, the answer that's suitable to the question. So we are almost at the end of season two, and I guess this is a perfect time to make one of the announcements. We are looking for a new platform. I actually was going to launch a channel here on Blog Talk Radio, but it's just been too much complications with it lately. Um, so I, I'm looking for a new platform. I will be launching uh, my own channel. And I'm looking for two individuals that would like to start either a podcast or a live show. You don't have to have any experience. You don't have to know what you're doing. You don't have to know any of those things. All you have to do is say, Cliff, I want to start. I don't know how to start. Can you help me? Listen, I will sponsor your show for a year and a half, which means all financial responsibilities, I will handle those financial responsibilities for you. Now listen, that does not include equipment. That does not include equipment. I'm talking about hosting here on, well not here, but hosting on the uh, platform that we will be on. I will handle that for you. You will be able to host for a year and a half, free of charge on my network, okay? Uh, as far as equipment, if you live locally and it doesn't conflict with a day that I'm recording, hey, you we can link up and you can use my equipment. You know, you're going to have to sign a release form and all that, but I will allow you to do that. You need help with uh, your marketing materials. I will be available for all of that. Why? Because for a year and a half, Miss Yvonne Mason, who is the uh, owner of or CEO of the Off The Chain Network has completely sponsored Transformation Radio. I haven't had to come out of my pocket for anything other than my equipment. She has been a true blessing to me. And because she's been a blessing to me, I wanna pay it forward. She blessed one person, I wanna bless two. And my prayer is that those two will bless two other people. And we continue it on and on, why? Because we all have a message. We all have purpose. We all have the innate ability to be who we were created to be. Sometimes we just need a little help along the way. So if you're out there and you're listening to 
this specific episode and you know you have an idea for a show, now listen, you can't just come to me and say, hey, Cliff, I have an idea for a show. I want you to write it out. The Bible says very clearly, write the vision, make it plain. I want you to write out the plan for your show. I want you to write out your plan for the year. I want you to, to write out, you know, the, the structure of the show, all of those things. And I can help you with that, but I want you to write it out as much as you can. And I want to hear it in your language. I don't want you to attempt to do it in any other manner than your language. So I want you to do that. And then I want you to email it to info at cliftonpettyjohn.com info at cliftonpettyjohn.com in the subject line put radio show you put radio show in there and uh the right person to know to get that to me so that's the exciting news that i had i was trying to hold it until the end of the month but hey we're gonna release it now because of the complications we continue to have and i have some amazing guests lined up and I want to make sure that we don't keep having the same issues over and over again. But nevertheless, doesn't matter that we had those issues tonight because our guest is still here with us. And I'm appreciative of his flexibility. So without further ado, I want each and every one of you to help me welcome to the show. He is an educator. He is heavily involved in his community. And he is the CEO of Helping the Homeless. Help me welcome to the show, Anthony Baker, Jr. Anthony, how are you tonight? Good, good, good. How are you? Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited about having this conversation with you. I appreciate you coming on and your willingness to share freely with our listening audience. I believe, I say this to every guest, and I believe it. I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it, that when we leave this conversation, we will leave in a greater state than we came in. And we will leave with a greater understanding of purpose and vision and transformation and all of those great things that go with it. Absolutely. All Absolutely. right. So here's what I do. I start every conversation with the icebreaker question. And that is the same. I use the same icebreaker question with every guest. And that question is, if you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? Um, I would want to fly because I, I think I can get to, to things faster by flying. Um, uh, family, friends, emergencies, things like that. Cool, I think you cool, could, cool. yeah. Yeah, okay. I would definitely want to fly. All right. So now, right after that question, we go into a game of what's called word association. Okay. Um, I have five words. I'm going to give you one word at a time, and I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. You can respond with a one-word answer. You can respond with a one-sentence answer. You can respond with an elaborate answer. You can sing your answer. However <laughs> you want to answer the question, you are welcome to do, all right? Okay. All right, so the first word is life, 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 um, live it to the fullest, uh, enjoy it, uh, have a blessed one, um, don't take it for granted. That's, uh, pretty much it. Okay, okay. We're going to come back to, to some of those things that you said, because I really want to break those things down later on in the conversation. The next one is help or helping. Helping the homeless, my organization. <laughs> I feel you, I feel you. And you know we're already going to talk about that, too. We're going to talk heavy about that in the conversation. The third um, word is purpose. Um, know your purpose in life. Okay. We're going to talk about, well, we're going to talk about purpose right now. What is your purpose in life? Do you know your purpose? My purpose in life is to, for my, well, for starters, my purpose in life for myself is to be successful and to spread love to others around me, to help as many as I can, to lead others to greatness lead myself to greatness 
um, yeah, and be an inspiration to those who are coming after me, like my nephew or my godson. So I think that's my purpose. Cool. Now, how did you discover your purpose? Um, I think it. I think it just came natural. Um, growing up in a two-parent household, watching my parents do what they do, me wanting to follow in their footsteps. Oh, okay. Now the next word is transformation. Transformation. Um, uh, let me see. I think if you're if you're trying to lead your life in a positive light, it's, I think it's always good to have some type of transformation, especially if you're trying to come out of a dark space. Mm. Now, have you personally experienced transformation in your life as, as it relates to how you explained it when you were talking about coming out of a dark place? Absolutely, yes. Awesome. And how did you transition from that dark place? Uh, first and foremost, prayer. Mm-hmm. Prayer, um, the help from family and friends, close loved ones, um, faith. Things like that. Oh, okay, okay. And the last word is community. Uh, community. Um, I would say never forget your community. Some people, they succeed in life and they move forward. And that's good for them to do that. But they forget their community. They do. Some people do. So do you feel uh, it's everybody's responsibility to remember their community in a sense of being there for their community, pouring back into their community and all of those things? Absolutely. Especially if they, if they came out of their own community struggling and they left and they're, they're doing better for themselves, why not help? Why not go back to the community? and see if anybody else is in the same struggle so that that way they can succeed and and make it out and just keep that same pattern, you know, with, with looking back and helping some, the next person come out of that struggle in the same community. Okay. Cool. Okay. So now let's go back to the word life. You use two things that I want to discuss before we move on in the conversation. Mm-hmm. The first thing you said was live life to the fullest. What does living life to the fullest look like to Anthony? Um, I would say staying positive. Um, things that you procrastinate about with doing from your doing for yourself. I think people people they stay. All right, for example, myself. Like I recently put a post on Facebook. I'm not a person that's big on shopping name brand you know, with, as far as like sneakers, um, I just spent $150 on a pair of sneakers, which is something I don't do. I always procrastinate about doing that because I'm worried about bills or what I got to spend for my next event for the community. And I just think that people do that for so many years of procrastinating on doing things for themselves that they don't live their life to the fullest. And you know, they, they get caught up in doing everything for everybody else. So I think that's a part of living life to the fullest. Um, those trips that you plan, that you always see on TV or on social media, and you always tell yourself, you know, I want to do that, but you never do it. And live life to the fullest. Do it. Go ahead and, and make that purchase for your trip next year. Pay for that flight. You know, pay for that hotel room. Um yeah, just live your life to the fullest. Hang out with your friends as much as possible. Hang out with your siblings, your parents. Life is short. So that's what Absolutely. I mean by living life to the fullest. It seems like what you're basically saying about living life to the fullest is coming to an awareness of how important it is to make yourself a priority. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes when we are people that are poors or, or, and I just had this whole conversation the last three nights I've had the same conversation when we are people that empty out of ourselves and give so much to others, 
sometimes we never take the time to recharge ourselves and fill ourselves back up so that we can be more effective even for ourselves. So I feel what you're saying about living life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. Now, the second thing you said about life was don't take life for granted. Don't take life for granted. And I think sometimes in America, it's kind of easy for us to take life for granted. Even though we have all the social injustice things that we have going on, we are a spoiled nation. Uh, when we think about the internet, we think about television, uh, we think about our clothing, we think about, you know, our money, even sometimes, you know, we think about our whole economic system. We are spoiled compared to other countries that don't have anything. How do you stay grounded and not take life for granted? Um, I... Like I said earlier, I don't take, I don't look at things like the material things and think that those are going to make my life better. Um, I, how can I put it? Hmm. I, I mean, I try to do as much as possible and help others and. I don't know. I never actually thought about it for myself as far as me taking life for granted. That mean, that's probably something I have to really think about. Got you, got you. I mean, because it's like I said, we live in a country where it's kind of easy for us to take some things for granted. You know, I, I think about growing up, there were some struggles I had growing up, but as I got older, you know, those struggles were not the same from a financial uh -huh. standpoint. So I think with me, what helps me to not take life for granted is kind of to remember some of those struggles, some of those experiences, and realize that it can be taken from me. Just as fast as I got it, it can be taken from me. Uh -huh. And I think that sometimes we don't realize, even with the people that are in our lives, sometimes we take for granted the time that we have with them because we don't uh -huh. realize how short that time is true very true so so now we're segueing away from the game so before we get to your business i always like to do this on transformation radio because i always have individuals that are business owners authors uh life coaches spiritual leaders strategists we have people that are just changing the game and, and really out there making a difference in the lives of people that many times are overlooked but I also like to get a backdrop of the individual stories. And the reason why I do this is because there's somebody that's out there that's listening that can relate to you more than they can relate to me. So can you tell us a little bit about your story growing up and, you know, how you even got involved to want to help the homeless and want to reach out to your community and start your business and all of those great things? Um, with me, I, I pretty much had a good, I had a great childhood, um, growing up in a two-parent household, um, growing up in, I grew up in Pennsauk in New Jersey, and a lot of my family thought, just on the outside, looking in, that everything was somewhat peachy keen, but it was times where we struggled, you know, financially. Although my, you know, even though my parents, they pretty much put it in camouflage to me and my sister, mm -hmm. but, uh, we, you know, but I always knew cause I was always a nosy kid, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I watched them go through struggles and get real close to losing everything and things like that. Um, I also noticed that my parents, both of them, especially my mother, very very giving to family to strangers and one particular story is um in my own neighborhood um it was a woman one day i was with my mother we had went to the market and it was a woman she had to be like in her maybe 80s or 90s and she was out there digging in the dumpster so my mom, we're leaving the market, we're going out the parking lot. 
and I could see my mom, you know, like kind of like mumbling to herself. And she's like, you know, she's like, is she looking for food? You know, she hit a U-turn and went back over near the lady and she got out and I heard her ask the lady, you know, are you hungry? You know, I could take you to my house. You could take a shower, you know, and I'll, I could just picture the lady's face in my head. She smiled at my mom and I remember her exact words. She said, she said, baby, you're so sweet. Um, thank you. But I'm digging in here for my compost pile. And as a child, I don't know what that was. I'm like, what is a compost pile? Why is she digging in a dumpster for that? <laughs> and for right. those who don't know what a compost pile is, it's what you use to fertilize your garden to make your plants grow better. And uh, that's what she was doing that day. But I remember my mom doing that. And she didn't know this lady from a can of paint. And, you know, for her to do that, it was just like, wow, you know, that's amazing. You know, and I just seen my mom be there for other family members as far as financially when we were on our last little bit of money and she, you know, helped them out, you know, and I just always admired that about her and my dad, you know, he was just always real consistent with doing things for other people. So I always wanted to be that type of person with always being consistent with helping others you know, regardless if they were strangers or not. But uh, I really got into it when I moved to Philly and I had firsthand what it looks like to be homeless. You know, living out in Jersey, out in the suburbs, you really don't see too many people like out on the street, you know. But when I came to Philly, I moved to Philly in 2004 and I was uh, going to the Art Institute right down Philadelphia, Center City. And I would see a lot of homeless people and I would see um, how they were treated and people would be mean to them. Mm. You know, I even heard a guy tell somebody that's homeless, oh, you got a better haircut than me. You should give me money. You know, and it's just like, okay, wow. Like, you don't know if he got the haircut for free. You don't know if he knows how to cut his own hair. You know, I just seen the treatment and I just, I didn't like it, you know, and I just wanted to do something about it. And, you know, also what people don't know was a time where I was in a close position with being homeless myself. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, that kind of like pushed me to want to help people more. You know, I was, I started the organization and within a year, I guess, within my organization, I was going through financial things and I could have been one of those people that we were out there serving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the, love of my family and friends you know I didn't get to that point but I came pretty close you know and I was going I'm out there feeding people serving people knowing in the back of my mind that I could be one of these people you know because I'm like almost there but with prayer and my family and friends I didn't get to that point thank God but yeah that was my you know that was my little bit of encouragement to get out there and, and do something about it Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I think that um, you know, Philly is probably one of the most visible that I've seen it in the sense of homelessness. Uh, because as soon as you get off the train and you're down there at that train station, you know, it becomes real to you. And and you know, I I, I think you would, yeah, you were there when I told my told my experience of spending the night with the homeless and just seeing how people treated them. But yet what I loved about it from the sense of community, I watched them with each other. And there was so much concern amongst each other to the point where they were willing to sacrifice a little bit that they had for somebody that was homeless along with them that did not have. And I was like, Lord, that is such an awesome state of gratefulness because they could easily and justifiably be like, no, 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 I can't give you money because I don't know where my next is going to come from. But their whole mindset is, no, we in this thing together. And I said, Lord, if we could get that mindset, those of us that aren't homeless could get that mindset and could come together and work together. Man, what a world we honestly could create. So now with the name Helping the Homeless, how did you 
come up with the name and the concept of your business? Um, well, actually, it's um, helping the homeless, changing lives, making others smile. I just call it helping the homeless, you know, just because it's, it's short and easy. But um, I don't know. I didn't really put any thought into it. I just, um, I just said that, and then I I went off. I went off on how our first event was. I seen a lot of people smiling, and I had a lot of great conversations. I even had a guy that came up to me, and he, you know, it 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 may not be anything big to us, but it was big to him. You know, from us giving him a sandwich and a piece of fruit, he told me he said, um, it you know you tonight you changed my life, yeah. and you know, and I was just you know to me I'm like well how you know it's just a sandwich. And a, you know, and an apple, you know, and and I had to think about it. I'm like, well, to him, it's something for him. Not only is it for something for him to eat, but it's like showing somebody cares, you know, right. some, you know, somebody he's not invisible. Somebody sees him, you know. So I was just like, okay, I'm out here. I'm helping the homeless. I'm changing lives. I'm making others smile. There you go. Some people call it HTH. Some people. Some people say the whole thing, you know, it is what it is. I don't really put too much thought into it. I don't want anything fancy, you know. I didn't even have a logo when I first started. You know, mm -hmm. people people around me, they were just like, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I'm like, okay, you know, I just wanted to go out and and make sure people had some good food and then it changed into what it changed into, so. But you just hit a key right there. And I, I'm, I'm big on this thing. I'm big on it. I've been saying it. Um, Nike, you need to sponsor me because I think I talk about your logo more than anybody or your, your uh, not your logo, your slogan more than anybody. So if you're looking to sponsor me, I'm here. Um, but Nike says, just do it. Mm -hmm. Just do it. And that's the perfect example of just doing it. Like you said, I didn't have a logo. I didn't have any of that. But you stepped out, you did the work, and as you begin to do the work, you said others around you started to tell you, you need to get this, you need to get that. And I believe that sometimes that's how it has to happen. You have to take that step out, begin to do the work, and then God will position people around you to help you begin to understand it even more. Very true. And I like, I like the name. I mean, you, you talked about you didn't go into depth with it but you identified at least three core values right there. Number one, helping those who need help. Number two, changing their lives. And number three, making them smile. And sometimes we don't realize how powerful a smile is, especially to individuals that it seems as if they don't have much to smile about. You don't know what that smile did. And like you, how you just told that story, you know, it seems small to us, but it's so big to them. Mm -hmm. So now let's talk about some of the things you guys do within the community. What are, what are some events that you've done in the past? Let's talk about the past first. And then we're going to talk about upcoming events that you've had. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, wow. We did a lot. Um, <laughs> we've, We've had cookouts for the homeless um, right downtown, Center City in Philadelphia, um, where we bought the grill out. We did hamburgers and hot dogs. Um, had somebody make solids, cold solids. Um, we've done events with different shelters around the city. We've um, did Halloween parties for the kids at shelters. Um, what else did we do? We had sandwich events at different uh, shelters. Um, we had a spaghetti event before. Um, we even had a mother's, well, we merged. That's another thing we did. We merged with other organizations. Um, we merged with organizations like, uh, it's an organization called Love Association, ran by Jamal Ephraim. You'll hear about him. Um, Salvation of Sorrows, Haircuts for Homeless. It's Abby Anderson and Chris Anderson. Uh, we've merged with the Your AOK Foundation, 
ran by Yanni and Eugene Williams. Uh, who else did we work with? Helping Hands ran by Michelle Neves. These are all organizations that inspired me by me just seeing their work on social media and me reaching out and, you know, we, we merged on so many different things. Um, we also did a Big Brother tour in 2018 where we did youth shelters where we mentored teen boys. I had a couple of my good friends come out. Um, they all have wonderful, wonderful occupations. So I thought it was a great idea for them to come out and speak on their occupations and speak on their backgrounds. And um, we did that. And that's pretty much uh, it. Well, oh, well, also had a, a poetry and um, R&B fundraiser last summer at uh, Platinum Grills in Philly. And uh, that was a success with... Um, raising the um, funds for that. And, uh, oh, yeah, we have back-to-school events, too, every August. Um, this one, this year, is being pushed back because of COVID. But we usually have um, them every year to the end of the month, end of August. Last year, we did one at um, a friend of mine who's a barber, his barber shop on uh, Broad Street in Philadelphia called Personal Cuts, where we had a huge book bag drive and school supplies and free haircuts. And we had uh, hot dogs and hamburgers on the grill and salads and prizes and all kinds of stuff. We, we basically, we do, we do a lot. We even do uh street cleanings where we had, a, uh, we cleaned up a playground one year for the kids. It was a playground that, that we noticed that some, one of my teammates had pointed out to me that, had a lot of trash and, you know, the kids were there, they were running over top of it and glass. So we kind of went there and um, cleaned up and gave water ice away and hot dogs and, you know, did a little bit of face painting. So, yeah. And we do events for kids too, where I, I basically take the kids out and we, I teach them the importance of giving back. I um, show them my permit which is what you need to have out there on the table, visible for people to see, you know, why you serve food to the homeless, how you greet the homeless. Um, and uh, they even prepare the sandwiches and things before they come. And then I usually reward them after with face painting. We might have a pizza party. And we usually do this at Love Park. And the kids, they play and, you know, then they pretty much go home after that. But yeah, that's pretty much a lot of things that we do for the, you know, in the community. Awesome. Awesome. That that's a lot, you know, that is a, a lot of things that are going on. And what I, I always talk about the seven core areas of our life, the seven areas that we need to focus on as it relates to wholeness and wellness. And I was listening at all the services that you guys do plus how you collaborate with the other, other organizations. And I was listening to how all those core areas are implemented in the activities and the programs that you guys have. Now, how has, you kind of talked about it, but I want to see if you can elaborate on it a little more. How has COVID affected uh, some of the programs that you had, that you had planned or has it helped you rethink some of the programs that you had? Um, a little bit of both. It um, I, it has me definitely has me doing a lot of rethinking with things. Um, it definitely has changed a lot with my team because a lot of people they a lot of people they take this pandemic a little bit more serious than others. Some people don't. Some people don't believe it. So I got you know I really can't get you know too angry with or upset with teammates if they don't want to come out um be, you know we had a couple of events not as many as we would usually have but uh it's definitely slowed things down and i get i get why you know um some of my teammates are a little bit older and i wouldn't even want them to even come out and put themselves at risk for getting covid 
So I've been telling them to, you know, don't, you know, stay in, stay home, you know, or they might call me and they say, look, Anthony, I can't, I don't think it's good for me. You know, I, I'm, I'm a diabetic. I have high blood pressure. I have asthma. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, I, I want you to stay in, you know, so some people, they, they put themselves at risk and they, like I do, and they come out and we, we put our mask on and we have social, you know, we practice social distancing. Um, and we just do the events. We just had an event a couple of weeks back. Um, I don't know if you heard about the encampment that's at uh, the parkway. It's an encampment out there with tents. It's like a, a big tent city. And right now, a lot of organizations are uh, fighting with the city to get them uh, housing assistance. And mm. uh, yeah, so that's what's going on right now. But I figured, I, you know, while that's going on, that's going to, that's kind of a slow process because, you know, the city, they don't really want to do that for them. But, you know, while we wait to see what their final determination is, well, decision, um, you know, why not go down there and serve them? So we went down there and it was about a good 10 of us and we served sandwiches and we practiced social distancing and we made masks mandatory and we also had masks to give out disposable masks to give out so that way you know if they didn't have one they were still able to come up to the table and get served and um it was a pretty pretty good event so i mean it slowed some things down but um we're just getting back into to going out a lot of people are feeling more comfortable because we take we take some pictures just to show them like you know it's okay you know you can come out you know we are practicing social distancing so uh, you know i'm slowly bringing my team back together because it is a scary situation but um you know things are coming back into play okay now what are some uh events that you have planned as stuff starts to open up a little more um we had a back to school event that was supposed to be on the 29th. It was merged with another organization, but my dear friend Yanni, she thought it was a great idea if we push it back because we found out that school isn't going to be starting until November. A lot of people, I was getting a lot of um, inboxes on Facebook of people saying, I mean, asking why are we doing this event when school is not, you know, not happening in September. And I had to explain to them, I feel like it's necessary for them to still get the school supplies and the book bags because eventually they're all going to be going back to school and they need, you know, I'm assuming that you're going to want your kids to be educated at home. So why not have the supplies while they're on their virtual, you know, class time, you know, with their teacher, they still need a ruler. They still need a notebook. You know, they still need a trapper keeper, folders. I think they still need that stuff. So that's one of the events that's happened. I think we're going to reschedule that to September 19th. I also have a another sandwich event. No, no, I'm sorry, not a sandwich event. It's a, my friend decided to come up with a taco event. And it's going to be, it's another encampment that's at 20th and Ridge in the North Philadelphia section of Philadelphia. And, um, uh, that's going to be, uh, God, I can't think of the date. I forget the date, but it's going to be sometime next month in September. And we're definitely, we're going to have about maybe 10 teammates come out and we're going to set up just like we did the other one where everybody's spread apart. Um, we're going to have masks again to give out if anybody needs a mask and giving away clothing and toiletries and things like that. Um, with this pandemic, I'm planning events as they, you know, as we go along, usually I plan about five or six events in advance and I already have it on the calendar, but being as though the pandemic, I don't know exactly what's going on in the next few months. I just have to play things by ear and, and plan it out as we go along month to month. Awesome. Now say somebody's out here listening and they've heard about your uh, business, they hear everything you're doing in the community, and they want to get involved. They want to partner with you. They want to uh, 
you know, provide some monetary donations or other types of donations, what do they need to do in order to be able to partner with you? Um, they can reach out to uh they can reach out to me directly on Facebook, my full name, Anthony Baker Jr. Um, they can they can inbox me on the helping the homeless page. We have a Instagram page which is uh H was it H uh dot T dot H underscore twenty twenty. Um yeah, and we have a group on Facebook too if they want to join or they can email me at hdhphilly at gmail.com. Um, we do take monetary, but that's at the bottom of our list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, monetary is great, but uh, we, you know, that's kind of like the, the bottom of the list, you know, as far as taking those type of donations. Um, as far as clothing, like I said, you can, you can reach directly out to me. If you donate clothes, we do ask that you donate clothes that are for the season. If it's summertime, donate summer clothes. Um, if it's winter time, donate winter clothes. Um, and we also ask that you, whatever clothes you have, that you wash them first before you donate them. And we have a drop-off location um, in the West Oak Lane part of Philadelphia. It's actually my cousin's hair salon, and that's 7175. Ogunts Avenue, Suite A, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 19138. She takes, um, I would say call first, uh, or if you're going to come by, let me know that you're going to drop those off so I can let her know. Awesome. Now, as we're getting ready to get to our last three questions, I have one question before that. And you you said a lot. You really talked about the importance of helping others and the importance of giving back to your community. If everyone was to forget everything that you said tonight, what would be one thing that you would want them to take away from this conversation? Um, I would uh want them to to take. Uh, let me see what can I think I want them to remember to give back at least if you don't give back to to any community at least give back to your own you know everybody's in a different place as far as when you know trying to come up um, you know if you feel as though you're making it out of a certain situation where you were struggling and you know somebody that's and even in your own community, help them out. You know, we as people, I'm not just talking about just black people, I'm talking about everybody. We sometimes are like crabs in a barrel and we pull each other down instead of pulling each other up. So I think it's very important that when you get to a certain point in your life where you're, where you feel that you're up and you're satisfied, turn around and pull somebody else up on that level. Don't look down on nobody else. Um, Always help the next person. Awesome. Doesn't get any simpler than that. And and the reality is you hit it. You hit it. Let's not be crabs in the bucket. Let's make sure we're doing our part, whatever it is that we are able to do to ensure the success in our personal communities, as well as in as, many other communities as we are able to. So now, the first question I always like to ask, well, no, that was the first question. The second question is, here on the show, we have what we call transforming transformers. Mm -hmm. And a transforming transformer is a mentor, a leader, someone in the community, someone in your family, that has been there, that has pushed and motivated you. They've submitted their life to their personal transformation, and then they aid in the transformation of others. So is there anyone that you would like to acknowledge that has been there with you through some of your roughest times, or maybe it was times you wanted to give up and quit, or maybe it was just times you needed a little nudge and encouragement that were there for you? Uh, You can do up to five people. I know it's hard to limit it to a certain amount, but 
for the sake of time, I always tell people you can at least, you know, if you need to, you can use five people. Okay. Um, well, first and foremost, I have to say my dad, Anthony Baker Sr. I, even before HDH was even thought of, my dad has been there for me um, through everything. Um, and I just always look to uh, make him proud. Even now, as a, a grown man, I still look to make my dad proud. Um, I watched him, you know, take his family out of the hood and take them into the suburbs and raise them up. I watched him struggle. I watched him, you know, take care of my mother who was sickly, you know, my entire childhood. So, yeah, he's definitely at the top of the list as my dad. Um, my mother, Elizabeth Baker, before her passing in 2011, definitely her. She just, my rock for everything, you know, always. She, I got one thing locked in my head that she used to always say. Um, she used to say, when you do good things, good things happen. And I've always admired that and always kept that with me. You know, um, as a child, I struggled with um, going to like funerals and things like that with corpses and, you know, keeping that image of what they look like in my head. And my mom would always say, she always had these things she used to say that would make me feel better. And it always stuck with me. Um, she would say, you know, it's the people here on earth who you need to be scared of <laughs> not the people True. that that pass on you know i had this this issue with when i was a kid with i hated funerals i hated mm -hmm. funerals um i didn't like to go up to the coffin and i i just never liked that and my mom she noticed that and she always would say that to me so that makes it a little bit more easier for me now when i go to funerals because i'm like you know one of my getting you know afraid of this for they can't do anything to me you know it's the people that's right here next to me breathing that i gotta be cautious about but yeah, she always had her her you know her little quotes that she would tell me and she always you know even now you know after her past and i feel like you know she still comes to me in my dreams and says certain things so definitely my parents my um the next person i would have to say is my sister she um she's always been there for me um she even through this pandemic i had a little bit of a struggle you know when it first started out and she was right there you know she always tells me she feels obligated you know especially after our mom passed to be there for me because she felt like you know my mom wanted her wants her to do that even though sometimes i don't need her <laughs> but she's <laughs> she feels as though she needs to you know still be that big sister you know and i i appreciate her for that um yeah i would have to say those those three are my my only three i mean i have thousands of more but those are my top three my immediate family we always had a we were a small family and close-knit and we always were was there for each other you know till this day so I think that's, yeah, I think that's good. My three right there. That's awesome. That having that strong foundation is definitely important. That is awesome. So we honor the transforming transformers that are in your life. Now, here's the last question I end every conversation with here on Transformation Radio. And that question is, Anthony, who is God to you? Oh, wow. God is my everything. Like, God is my everything. God is my savior. God is my strength. He, yeah, he's just all of the above to me. Everything that I've been through, yeah, he's just an amazing God to me. He's just, yeah, just a, just a phenomenal force. Yep. Awesome. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome descriptive words. And the reason why I always ask that question is, it's my personal belief that no matter how long we live, no matter how much life we experience, we never will fully understand the greatness or magnitude of who God is. However, when we encounter each other, we are encountering God. Mm-hmm. And we're encountering each other, we are encountering each other's personal experience with experiences with God. So as we encounter those different things, then we gain a greater understanding of who God is and who God's creation is. So that's why I always like to end every conversation here on Transformation Radio with that very question. So Anthony, thank you for joining us on tonight. Thank you for sharing so freely. We appreciate you even being flexible with us. Our listening audience, I thank each and every one of you for being who you are, because if there was no you, there would be no what? There'd be no show, as I always say. I encourage you to connect with Anthony. Find out how you can become even more involved. If you're in the Philadelphia area, make sure you connect with him. Hit him up if you are a business owner. With whoever, whoever you are, we all have value. Help add value to what he's doing. And then it adds greater value to everything that you're doing as well. I want you guys to connect with me on social media. On all platforms, my name is Clifton Pettyjohn. Just type it in, all right? If you want to find out everything we have going on with the show and with my podcast, y'all, because we're doing some crazy things with the podcast, and my numbers have been crazy. Thank you guys so much. You are amazing. You don't understand what this has done for me. But I want you to check out the latest episodes that we have out now, and then I have another one dropping Sunday. So I want you guys to check it out, www.com the what now podcast.me check that out but listen go by my website www.cliftonpettyjohn.com you're going to see the replay of all the shows you're going to see everything i have going on you can reach out if you need coaching services or whatever it is that you need if i can assist you i want you to reach out to me and as i always say create a great day walk with purpose and by all means execute your vision Peace. You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me, and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that Doing identity work means that you're broken, when in fact it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to lead with identity and become a supernormal superstar, Visit yoursupernormal.com right now and let's do the work.